This is a Discovery Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we invite you to find yourself in the bigger story. To find out more about what's going on in the life of the church, head to discoverychurch.com.au. Well, good day, everyone. Welcome to Discovery Church Online. My name's Matt, and we're going to be diving into the Word of God today as we begin a brand new series called Water, Wind, Fire. And now this series is a series on walking with the Holy Spirit, the ministry and work of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be moving in this series right up until the end of May, which we're going to celebrate Pentecost Sunday, the day in the Christian church where we celebrate the, uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit to the church, to birth the church, into um, the future and into the place that God has for each of us. So what we're going to do is we're going to turn to uh, Isaiah chapter 11 and we're going to read Isaiah chapter 11 verse 2 in just a minute. But before we do, I want to just recognize that so often in life we feel, um, when we, especially when we talk about God's presence, we don't actually feel his presence, we feel his absence. Quite oftentimes, if I'm honest, I'm walking around in my everyday life, I feel alone. I feel like there's nobody doing this with me. I feel like it's all on my own shoulders. And I don't know if you felt like that too sometimes, where you feel like, man, who around me, is there anyone that I can really trust? Is there anyone around me that's going to help me with this problem or help me with this issue? We do often feel like we've been left to our own devices, like maybe a child sent into a room with a couple of things to play with, but nobody to play with with them. You know, And so oftentimes we can feel that way and it feels a bit incongruent to talk about the presence of God because a lot of times what we identify more within our everyday life is his absence. And Israel felt exactly the same way. Israel's history is a yo-yoing history, a history of highs and lows. They would, um, they would commit with faithfulness to God, to his ways, to following after him, and then they would rebel against him. And of course, there would be a time after their rebellion, other nations would come in and invade them. They would, um, they would be struck down. Then they would be in a really low place. What that would then do is revive a sense of um, faithfulness to God again faithfulness to his word and to his law, which means that the nation would then become prosperous. And of course, after a while, their pride would make them fall and so on and so forth. In this passage of scripture, we, we're coming to in Isaiah 11, is, is Israel again at a low point. And yet in this place, God promises for them uh, a newness of life, a hope that will come. And in the midst of that hope is a promise of of the Holy Spirit. We're going to read together from Isaiah chapter 11. Listen to this. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. A branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness, he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. This idea here that Israel is in another one of their ebb moments, their ebb 
points. And I don't know about you today where you're at, but oftentimes we can identify with Israel where we feel like God has left us. We feel abandoned. We feel orphaned. We feel alone. We don't feel his presence, but we feel yet just his absence. And this word today from Isaiah 11 comes to Israel in the very same way, in the moment where they are ebbing, in the moment where they only know God's absence, there is a promise for them here. And there is a promise for them here that comes, uh, the, the promise of a new leader, the promise of a new reign, the promise of a new day. It says that a shoot will spring forth from the stump of Jesse. What they're saying here is oftentimes God's judgment um, gets uh, described in the way of like cutting down a tree. And so if Israel's life was cut down, it says that you can have hope. There is a, a new day coming and there will be new life that springs out from the stump of Jesse. They all know Jesse, Jesse's father's, uh, David's father. And there's a, going to be a new day that comes through and they're going to see a new leader. But what's going to be spe special and significant about this leader is these three things. The spirit of God shall rest upon him. And what does this spirit do? The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, and the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. Now, I don't know what your experience is of the Holy Spirit. For me in growing up, um, I grew up in a church tradition, but it was a tr church tradition which I deeply loved and I am deeply grateful for. And the tradition I grew up in um, was very, didn't speak very much about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We spoke about God the Father, we spoke about God the Son, but we were silent on the things of the Spirit. And it wasn't until in my early 20s, as I started to flourish and grow my own discipleship and relationship with God, that I learned to integrate the ministry of the Holy Spirit into my life that really revolutionized everything and changed everything. Because all of a sudden, I realized I had the power to accomplish the things that God had called me to. I had a way to move forward in my own walk with God, whereas before I'd felt powerless and alone, maybe even orphaned in my walk with God and alone to journey this out. And now I had the Holy Spirit with me. A couple of things that we need to know about the Holy Spirit is this. Biblically, the Holy Spirit for believers, for those disciples, ones who love Jesus and who are following after him. The first thing is that the Holy Spirit is a deposit. Ephesians talks about the Holy Spirit as a deposit. Um, it's as though we're going to receive an inheritance. Imagine you're going to receive an inheritance down in the future. 30 years from now, there is an inheritance coming to you. But what you get given now is a foretaste, a down payment, a deposit, something that secures that inheritance for the future and you get a little bit of that, a foretaste of it now. That's exactly what the Holy Spirit is for us. We are going to inherit salvation, co-heirs with Christ. We're going to be given new heaven and new earth. And as a deposit, as a down payment, as something that comes now, a foretaste, the Holy Spirit is given to believers as one that would seal us in salvation now in anticipation for something that comes later. That's the first thing. Secondly, the Holy Spirit is a person. 
Oftentimes, we can tend to think about Holy Spirit in terms of, a, of an it, whereas um, in the Bible, in the New Testament particularly, Jesus speaks of the Holy Spirit in the masculine first person using that pronoun. Um, the Holy Spirit is a person. He thinks. He, he decides. In Acts, they, t- they say this. They say, it seemed right to the Holy Spirit and to us. So they were communicating and praying directly to Holy Spirit, saying, what do you think, Holy Spirit? And Holy Spirit acts and thinks and decides. So Holy Spirit is a person. Holy Spirit can not only um, think, he can speak. In, in Acts, again, they say the Holy Spirit said. So, the God, so God the Father speaks. God the Son, of course, speaks right throughout the Gospels in the person of Jesus. But the Holy Spirit also speaks. And not only can the Holy Spirit think, decide and speak, but he is, can also be grieved. The Apostle Paul said to the church, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by which you are sealed for the day of redemption. Do not grieve him. If, if the Holy Spirit is a person, the only thing that can be grieved is if you are a person. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. So when we speak about and speak to Holy Spirit, we speak to him as a person. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit uh, was communicated as an impersonal force. Um, the Holy Spirit was given to kings and leaders to endow them or to anoint them for special tasks, special tasks of ministry. And yet in the New Testament, Jesus speaks of Holy Spirit. He says, in these last days, I'm going to leave, but do not fear. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And what he speaks of then, he says, I will come to you and I will send you the Holy Spirit. And he uses this word paraclete, which literally means to come alongside. It's a legal term. And so if we're standing there in the court, alone and afraid. Jesus sends the the paraclete, the comforter, the advocate, the Holy Spirit to come alongside and we feel his arm around our shoulder, acknowledging to us and letting us know that in that moment we are not alone. The paraclete, the one who comes alongside. So in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is spoken of as an impersonal force and I think we can tend to still think that way. Whereas in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is spoken of as a personal friend. Yes, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Yes, there is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are all God, one in three, three in one. We can pray to Holy Spirit. We can worship Holy Spirit. He will continue to give glory to Jesus as Jesus gives glory to the Father. They love to continue to honor and give glory to one another in the perichoresis that is the Trinity, that great divine dance. And yet... In this moment, we can get to know, and the invitation for us is to get to know Holy Spirit in our lives as one who comes, particularly when we're feeling alone, particularly what comes when we're feeling overwhelmed, out of our depth, completely separated from others and from what it is that God's doing. There is, a, there is a, 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 a shoot that springs up from the stump of Jesse. There is one who is going to come and the Holy Spirit will rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, and the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. So we're going to spend a few minutes now talking about those three things. 
Because when the Holy Spirit comes to anoint Jesus, the Messiah, as, it, as this verse promises, that Jesus was going to come and he was going to be anointed, filled by the Holy Spirit. He would be the anointed one, the Messiah. We also know that when the Holy Spirit is given us, he's given us to do exactly the same thing. So firstly, the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. So the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon you. If you love Jesus and you're filled by the Holy Spirit and you want to worship him and live out your life in daily discipleship, the Holy Spirit is given you and me. And the first thing that the Holy Spirit does is gives us wisdom and understanding. Wisdom and understanding. What does this mean? Wisdom and understanding means a perspective shift. A perspective shift. The Holy Spirit is given you a personal friend for, to shift our perspective. A perspective shift. How often do you and I in our lives need a perspective shift? That aha moment where you go, oh my gosh, I didn't realize it was like that. Maybe you're having a struggle in relationships. You're having a struggle at work. You're having a struggle with someone in your family or even with just wrestling with your own thoughts. The Holy Spirit comes to give wisdom and understanding. He comes to give a perspective shift. Who needs a perspective shift in their life? I certainly know I do. Quite often I need to see things differently. And the only way I can see something differently is if wisdom and understanding is given to me and it comes by the Holy Spirit to empower me to live in a different perspective, to live in a different way. It also goes on to say, the Holy Spirit shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding and the spirit of counsel and might, counsel and might. What would counsel and might mean if it doesn't mean for us, not just a perspective shift, but also a power lift, a power lift. How often does it, does it, do we feel like that? God, I know that you've called me to something, but I don't feel like I've got the power to pull it, to pull it off, to make it happen. This is the gospel, my friends. This is the bigger story. When we come to Jesus, he not only gives us our call, our vocation, the thing in which we're called to do, but he also gives us the power to enable, to complete, to accomplish it. We don't accomplish these things through our own strength, but we accomplish them through his. I'm believing for you today, a power lift. I'm believing for you that you would walk out into the world today and feel like empowered by the Holy Spirit. The, 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 um, the way that the Holy Spirit is spoken of sometimes in the New Testament is of a wind. That word pneuma, which the Spirit is used in the New Testament, is that of a wind. And we have this image of a sailboat needing to be filled with air. The sails need to be filled with fresh wind to enable to, to move the ship along towards its course. We, we are operated, um, we are designed to operate by the Holy Spirit, designed to operate by fresh wind from him. We need a power lift. We need exactly what this scripture here says, counsel and might. We need the ability, that dunamis power, to be able to do what it is that God's called us to do. How many of us need power today? How many of us need, need that empowerment from God? I'm, oh, it's one of my most common prayers. I'm praying, God, fill me afresh by your Holy Spirit because I leak. I leak and I don't, I don't I'm, a, I'm a leaky boat and I don't have the ability to hold all of God all of the time. I need to be constantly filled by him. So a perspective shift, 
Secondly, a power lift. And thirdly, and maybe most importantly, the verse here says, um, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. Knowledge and fear of the Lord. We're going to say that is character change. So the Holy Spirit comes to fill us afresh, that we would have a perspective shift, that we would have a power lift, and that we would have character change. I don't know any other way that the human heart can be transformed other than by the work of the Holy Spirit. I don't know any other way that my life would have been different because I just can't change my... It's not just about knowing more information. It's about acting on the human heart. And the only way that God can take my heart heart of stone and turn it into a heart of flesh is by the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. The power that I need to be able to have sustained and complete character change that's more than just behavior modification is by the power of the Spirit. What it says here, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. I tell you, humility is going to be your friend. Humility is your friend for us to come and to come in fear and awe of the Lord. That is the way that we're designed to give him worship, to give him praise, to to offer up what is worth and what is due to his name. Knowledge and fear of the Lord. God wants to change and, and shift your character. I know that you're not where you need to be right now. I'm certainly not where I need to be right now. But by the Holy Spirit, we can have change, sustained character change in our own lives to, to transform us and conform us to be more like the image of Jesus in which this passage speaks about. You see, this is a messianic prophecy or a promise of something that's coming down the line. Jesus himself was going to need the spirit of the Lord to rest upon him for wisdom and understanding so that Jesus could govern well. He was going to need the the power of the Holy Spirit upon him in counsel and might because he was coming as a warrior king. And he was going to need the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord so that he could live out a life of spiritual leadership in the name of the Father. And so if if the Holy Spirit was given to Jesus, that Jesus could do that ministry, we also need the Holy Spirit so that we would be conformed to him. So today, this is the invitation for us. He has not left you. He has not separated himself from you. He's not absent from you. He sent the Holy Spirit to be a friend, to be a deposit, to be a personal, um, a personal um, advocate, a paraclete, the one who comes alongside to enable you to do all that God has called you to do. And so as we bring this message to a close, we are going to remember the person of Jesus through the bread and the wine, through the bread and the cup, through communion today. Because this passage here does speak about the person of Jesus, the, the, the root, the, the shoot that's going to come up from the stump. From desolation, there is going to be new things. And today, I'm believing for you at the beginning of this new series that we would eat and drink and acknowledge that God wants to do something new in each of our lives today. I want to take the bread, which represents Jesus' body, that was broken for us for, as a sacrifice for us, to enable us to access the presence of God, to enable us to to walk in the defeat of sin and death. We're going to take the bread and remember what Jesus' sacrifice means for us as we eat together right now. Let's eat together.
And likewise, we're going to take the cup today. The, the cup which commemorates or symbolizes the spilling, the shedding of Jesus' blood. Because Jesus would come to be the king. But he would also come to say, my kingdom is not of this world. He was going to extend and advance his kingdom, starting with each human heart. That, that there was going to outwork itself in the world around us. We're going to drink together today and remember Jesus spilt blood for us. Let's drink together. And so, Heavenly Father, today we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for his death and resurrection. And also, Lord, we thank you that as he ascended to heaven, he sent the promised Holy Spirit, the gift and the promise of the Father to be with us, to empower us, to give us, Lord God, wisdom and understanding, to give us counsel and might, to give us knowledge and fear of the Lord. May we walk in those things, and I pray across the course of this month, that we would get to know Holy Spirit, not as an impersonal force, but as a personal friend, as the advocate that would come alongside us to empower us in our everyday lives as we seek to serve and follow and love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us on this Discovery Church podcast. Now go and find yourself in the bigger story.